Last year I came before you when you presented African American History Month and I told you that a lot of us do not identify as African American. I would like to go back to the origins. The origins Negro History Week was, was presented in 1926 by Carter G. Woodson. It then was federally recognized in 1976 as Black History Month. I need y'all to get comfortable with saying black because there is a problem in this district with black children and we need some solutions from your black community. party people welcome to our very very first broadcast of black versus the board of education my name is miss loreen and i'm going to be kind of like the host today and i'm gonna keep you all in line so really quickly um why, before we get started what i need you to know is we don't do tone pol policing around here so what they say is what they said if there is a problem we expect that you call us the adults and we can handle it. Um, we are here to empower their voices. What that means is they're going to say it how they feel it. And if you have a problem with that, again, you can call us. You can IG get us on IG, on Facebook, direct message. However you feel you need to communicate, that's what we want you to do. Um, but we want them to be a whole lot of honest. We want them to be authentic. And we want them to be their incredibly beautiful, beautiful brilliant Black selves. So without further ado, I'm going to bring my co-hosts on the stage with me because I think it's important um, that we get to know them and that they introduce themselves. So I'm going to start with you, Miss Mariah. Um, you do not have to tell us what school you go to, but you can tell us whatever information you would like us to know and we'll keep it moving. Go ahead and introduce yourself, love. Hi, guys. My name is Mariah and I'm actually a BS I'm a junior in high school and I'm the BSC president at my high school. So yeah, and I'm excited oh. to get into some conversations. Fantastic. Welcome to my party. Uh, Miss Melissa, go ahead and introduce yourself, love. Hi, my name is Melissa, and I am a freshman, and I'm really excited to be here. Fantastic. And you you coming from Southern California, right? Yeah. That's what I like to hear. Let's go. Let's represent. Um, Alex, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, guys. My name is Alex, and I'm a senior in high school, and I'm really excited to participate today. Oh, great. So while I have you all here, and um, I think T Trinity was having some technical difficulties, um, but while she is trying to reconnect, Mariah, why don't you, um, and I think I see her coming in right now, um, so let me let me uh, pass it over to Trinity and let her introduce herself. So Miss Trinity, go ahead and introduce yourself, love book. Hi, okay. Hi, guys. I'm Trinity. Um, I'm a junior at Laguna Creek High School. Um, I'm president, uh, I mean, I'm president of Gen Up, which is a statewide organization or a nationwide organization. And then also I'm secretary of our Laguna Creek uh, High School BSU. Oh, fantastic. So welcome to the party. I was just about to segue and I saw you pop in. So why don't you tell us why we are here today? How did this all come about? Okay, so as everyone knows, it is Black History Month um, and it was about the 4th of February and um, none of my teachers noticed, I mean, none of my teachers acknowledged that it was Black History Month. Um, I would type Happy Black History Month into the chat and I would get responses such as, oh brother, or just like a little delayed, like, you know, oh, Happy Black History Month, then continue on with the lesson. So none of my teachers acknowledged it. And a couple of students, including Mariah and myself, we decided to write a letter to the staff, all of the staff and even admin at our school regarding um, what Black History Month means to us and why it needs to be talked about. Um, and we got some, we got good responses and we also got some questionable ones, but um, yeah, so that's why we're here. Okay, and so how did I get involved? Oh, so I texted. <laughs> that's important, that's the important part. <laughs> right. So, so this was before you sent the letter, yes? Yeah. Okay. So basically what happened was um, we were writing the letter and one of the students, I won't say her name, um, she she didn't want to be a part of it um, because she was afraid of backlash. Um, so, and she also contacted one of our student equity council advisors and they had told us to wait. 
to not send a letter because a week is bet is week gives us more time to prove our point um, instead of like three or three days. Um, so we ended up. I ended up texting Miss Lorraine because I was furious. I was like, No, I'm not waiting. I'm tired of being. I'm I'm tired of being told to wait. So I was like, I'm texting Miss Lorraine. She's my biggest. You know, she's always there, my number one. So I texted her and she was like, nah, let's start a podcast. So that's why we're here. (laughs) We're going to talk about it and we're going to call it out. So that's why we're here. And so we don't wait over here. We say what we say and then they can do what they can do about it. Right. And so Mariah, um, tell me, and I'm I'm, going to take care of your mic real quick. Tell me, Mm -hmm. why is it important that you guys um, wrote them a letter? Why, Why did you think that that was an important step to take? It's important because personally, I felt like teachers were ignoring me and me just saying happy Black History Month, you know, acknowledging our students. You know, we have a large Black student population that often feels ignored and unwelcomed in our classes. So that like them ignoring us and them trying to silence us add on to us feeling unwelcomed and us feeling like we can't talk to our staff and just Mm -hmm. bluntly us feeling disrespected. Okay. And so when you say disrespected, you mean by the fact that they're ignoring you or by that this seems to be a pattern of conduct with these teachers on these campuses where they just think that y'all are okay and y'all don't yeah. need to be acknowledged? Like, what is it? Definitely. Definitely what you're saying. Like, teachers have a pattern of ignoring us and kind of putting Black students specifically on a back burner and our emotions. So mm. as teachers were ignoring us in the first couple of days, you know, we were like, hey, like, that's not okay. Like, we're students on the campus and we matter. We have emotions right. and we have feelings and it's not okay. It's not okay for us to be consistently put aside, our feelings to be put aside and our words to be minimized. Uh-huh. Alex, yeah. you jump in. What do you think? Um, I just want to say I completely agree with what Mariah is saying. I know personally in school, sometimes I'll bring something up to staff or faculty. um, And then I feel like I'm just being brushed away. Um, Luckily, I do have um, my parents are white. um, And so they're they're taken their the level of seriousness that they're taken um, in regards to other people is a lot higher. Mm-hmm. So if it doesn't go through me, my parents are right behind me, you know, and they're like, Hey, this, this, this. And then like, they open their eyes to a completely different level. They're like, Oh, okay. Um, so I can understand the frustration totally. Cause I feel like I always have to have my parents behind me or someone else behind me. And so, um, yeah, I totally think that we need to bring to light that the staff does not always take us seriously, especially in situations like this. Yeah, and Melissa, I want you to weigh in too because you muted yourself and I can't unmute you. Stop that. You agree? Is that how you feel too? or? Um, I feel I definitely understand where everyone is coming from. At my school, they really, you can see them trying hard to bring Black history into the curriculum and really trying to acknowledge everything that's happening in the world that isn't fair. There's a bigger population of Black kids at my school now than there was in the previous years. And, but after the George Floyd murder, it got really hard for the teachers and you could see them struggling to figure out how to bring it up. And so if you were to talk to them about that, you could see that it was hard for them, but that they were trying. And it was a little frustrating for me because like, I get that it's hard for them, but it's even harder for me as Mm. a black student. Mm -hmm. So I definitely understand where you guys are coming from. Right. And so when, when you say that it's hard for them, but it's harder for you, um, you know, first I have a problem with that statement because you're the child, they are the adult. And so my thing is we always have to put the children first and their needs first before we start to talk to our talk about ourselves and say, oh, it's hard for me. Well, they have more skills than you do, right? And so the reason why I think it's important um, for folks like BYLP to get involved is because um, it's a power dynamic issue, right? You can only do so much as students and it's up to us as the parents to really come in and reinforce, like Lex said, her parents have to do, to reinforce what it is that is going on. So um, Alex, when we talk about Black History Month, have, have your teachers brought it up? 
in your classes? No, not at all. Not not one single teacher? No. They haven't even acknowledged the fact that it is Black History Month. They're like, what does that even mean? Hmm. And so, Melissa, how about your school? Anybody brought it up? One teacher did, and he just want, he said he wanted to acknowledge that it was Black History Month. And at the beginning of school, we do like morning meetings, like checking in with everyone. And sometimes they'll do activities. And he said he wanted to do an activity this month that acknowledged Black History Month, but that was only an idea that he gave us and nothing ever happened with that. But he acknowledged it in that very vaguely. Mm. Is acknowledging it enough Trinity, she's acknowledging it enough? Oh, um, absolutely not. But I, I mean, what I told the teachers, um, in, especially in the email, I was like, you know, that's the simplest thing you can do is acknowledging it. And I'm not, and um, one of the responses, or not even one, but most of the responses we got were teachers saying that they were they were not equipped to teach Black History Month. And that's a problem in it, or teach Black history. They don't know anything besides the civil rights movement. They don't know anything besides slavery and not even like the depth of slavery, but like the the painful parts, if you will. And that just shows a problem within the education system um, as in itself. You know, if, if teachers aren't taught or not even told to teach black history, there's a bigger problem than wow. just the teachers themselves. Um, you know, and I and I. I tried, you know, I tried to um, explain to teachers that, you know, acknowledging it is the simplest thing you can do, just like acknowledging, you know, the George Floyd mur murder, the Breonna Taylor uh, murder, when all that stuff was happening, um, acknowledging it will make us feel seen and feel heard in places that we normally don't feel welcome, like Mariah said, so yeah. So places you don't, why, why don't you feel welcome? Um, can because, I go to, I'll go to Mariah and you can jump in yeah. when she's done. Because it's hard as a student and, you know, especially as a Black student, when we talk about these things, we're silenced. And I think that's out of teachers themselves feeling awkward in these situations and uncomfortable. And I was like, well, it's your job to be, it's, I believe that it's teachers' jobs to get comfortable with talking about these uncomfortable topics mm. with students. Because it's their job, like, like Trinity said, acknowledging it is the simplest form of what you can do. And most teachers don't even go into depth about what they're talking about. Some teachers are clueless. Mm. And that's a whole different level. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to get into some of these clueless teachers because we have some example of some... Um some uh, curriculum going around or, or what they have students doing. But um, Melissa, do you feel seen where you're at? Do you feel seen? At times, at times, yes, and sometimes no. Um, when the George Floyd murder happened, my teacher asked how we were feeling about current world events. And that was not specific. She did not ask specifically how we felt. Um, and so we did a project on if we felt seen, something like that, and I brought that up. And I was like, no, this isn't enough. So I, I saw her trying, but that was not enough to feel seen. Mm. Mm. Girl, y'all, y'all got me up here. I'm already stressed out <laughs> because I'm like, that's, that's the simplest thing one can do is to make sure um, that you're aware of what's going on because I don't think that as black folks, we have the option of opting out of what's going on around us. I think that we always have to be knowledgeable, um, especially you guys on campus. It's like you're supposed to already know these things because you're not seen as, as young kids. You're seen as older than you actually are. Um, and that's research. So how can folks work on helping you to be seen? And I'll go ahead and I'll start with Lex first. How can people help you to be seen? Um, I think personally, I'd say take um, take us seriously, you know, the way that we interact. Be more specific, because I, I think people need some examples, because I don't want to hear they did not know. So right. you have to be specific. How can they help you be seen? Um, uh, like I said, I think communication, when I'm talking to you, you know, give me the respect looking looking me back in the eyes, I don't know, maybe even like take notes that I can't bring this right to the principal's office or I'm going to go straight and do this or, or I'll be like, hey, I'm going to send you an email or text when this is done. I don't know something to see it through 
So it's not, oh yeah, you brought it to my attention. Um, and then it just like falls through the cracks, like maybe some type of insurance or like reassurance that it's going to happen and that things are going to start changing. Okay. Uh, Trinity, how can folks help you be seen? How can your teachers and your administrators help you be seen? And please don't get me started on your administrator over there right. at high school. Uh, right. so go ahead, go off. How can they help you yeah. be seen? Um, for one, don't tell me to wait when I feel passionate about something, um, you know, and something that matters. I don't want to be told to wait. Um, Black History Month is only 21, 28 days out of the whole 365 days oh. in a year. So don't tell me to wait. Um, and then number two, I would say, um, don't ignore, like, don't ignore the things that are going on in the outside world. They affect me more than your schoolwork affects me, to be honest. Seeing people that look like me get murdered, um, that affects me more than, you know, this math assignment you gave me. And I know I'm going to do my homework regardless. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> do your homework. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, seeing all this stuff happen on the outside, you see it, too. Talk about it. You know, you have you have black students in your class and you're doing a, a huge disservice to students when you don't acknowledge things that are going out, going on um, in the outside world. And then the last thing I would say is representation. The, the district needs to start hiring people who look like me and who look like um, my anybody black, anybody black. They need to hire people who are black. We're not going to say that because some skin folk ain't kin folk. So it, it matters who you put up in there. Um, right. let's Clear because I, I, I know a couple of them too that I didn't have to go head up with. Um, right. So it matters who you put in there and cultural competency matters. Um, right. Making sure that they have the best interests of the students who look like them matters. All of that matters, right. but go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. I just want to qualify that statement. Right, because they, they're going to act like they don't know. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. Hire people who look like me because representation is so big. Um, and like I said, you know, we're going to talk about it in the future episodes. I heard um, about the district uh, election for EGSD. But, um, you know, people who look like me know what I go through. They're going to they're going to have my best interest interest in mind because they know where they, they've been where I've been at. Um, you know, and I think that's one of the, the not even the easy. I mean, maybe the easiest. I don't know. But one of the best ways that you can you can. Um, you know, aid your black students and aid, aid, you know, just be a better, I don't know, school district. Like, I don't know. Like these people be are struggling out here. I don't know. Be better person. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For sure. For sure. Mariah, how can they help you be seen? Yeah. Uh, I would say number one, don't tell me that I'm asking for too much. I know me and Trinity, we were in a meeting earlier this year and our principal literally told us we were asking for too much and that we kind of need to dial it back on what we wanted out of our admin to help better serve our student body and number two i feel students deserve spaces black students deserve spaces to talk about our emotions what we want done out of admin and we deserve people like you Ms. Lurie, who are there to advocate for us when we don't feel well all you gotta do is call me i, I that's why i don't work for the schools because they're not gonna tell me what i can't do um, yeah. all you gotta do is call me and i'm there um, because I believe that you guys need somebody who's going to come in like a doggone bull in a china shop and wrecking some stuff and then helping to put it back together. Um, because I don't Definitely. just believe in wrecking it. I believe in holding people accountable to do what it is that they were elected or hired to do. And if you don't right. do it and you're acting harshly towards black children, then we have a problem. And I'm, 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 I'm that one. Um, and now I have a whole team of folks that are ready to come in and aid you guys. So if there is a problem, make sure that you're reaching out to us because I know that there are a lot of folks on these campuses um, that say they have your best interest, but understand they are there for their paycheck and their paycheck will always outweigh what should be done because they want to stay comfortable. And I'm like Killmonger, y'all sitting up in here too damn comfortable. And right. it's time to make some folks uncomfortable. So yeah. Melissa, uh, I'm sorry, honey, were you done talking? Cause I just came in. Uh, I just, I just wanted to just say one more thing about students <laughs> having ahead, access. Yeah. Students <laughs> have access and students being knowledgeable about those reconnection circles that they can have with their teachers to talk about, you know, whatever's going on, whatever tension. Yeah, gotcha. that's my last thing. Hey, you said you wanted some circles, what'd you say? Um, I forgot the legitimate like term about it, but aren't they like reconnective circles? Like, oh, um, what is that? Restorative circles? Restorative mm -hmm. practices, yes. Yeah. Where students have okay. access to that. Uh, I just, Wait, you then. know, 
this is the thing. The problem with restorative circles in my mind is that they bring in a, a professional facilitator that wants to diagnose y'all like something is wrong with y'all. Oh, okay. uh -huh. Never mind. I take that back then. Never mind. Never mind. You take it back? <laughs> I take that back. You want to, I can hold some But like you said, because there's people in place, like people, teachers in power that, you know, don't always have our best interests. Right. And right. that don't and make I'm, it comfortable. <laughs> And let me just say, there are some super um, fabulous uh, uh, safe circle facilitators or restorative circle facilitators out there. There's one in uh, Sac City Unified School District who is just mm -hmm. awesome, Miss Adriana. Um, and I know there are some more, but I ain't seen a whole lot of them. And I don't want you all diagnosed or feeling like you're put in a circle and then you have people watching you to watch what you're saying and how you're saying it. And then you being feel, made to feel like there's going to be some sort of retaliation. We're not doing that over here. So if we have to step in and do what we need to do, that's what we do. Um, Melissa, how can you be seen more? How can they see you? I definitely agree with what Trinity said, talking about what's happening, because that's going to be more talking about what's happening to my people is more important than this math lesson. That is how far is an education going to take me if, if I'm, if I'm dead, that's what I wrote a story about that mm -hmm. and how, how I feel about it. And like, how far is an education is a diploma going to take me if I, if a cop is threatened by my skin color, how far is that going to take me in life? So wow. talking about what's happening is going to is is important and is going to help kids like me feel seen and heard. Right. And I saw there was a question that said, uh, "Yes, Ms. Harding, for sure. The if, especially if the environment and the staff are not worth it, child. You should see some of these doggone schools I go to." Um, <laughs> can we go back to that question? I thought I saw a question earlier. I saw it too. Uh, what can we do to help encourage more black students to enter the teaching field? Uh, there's not enough black. Listen, I'm gonna let y'all answer that. Go ahead, Trinity. You got your hand up. <laughs> okay. So I get, I, man, I get this question all the time when I'm in my like student equity council meetings and my BSU meetings and all those meetings. Why, why would I want to be a teacher if there's no teachers that look like me? You know mm. what I mean? If there's no one that if, if all of my teachers are white teachers that that are not even acknowledging my person and acknowledging the things I go through, why would I want to be in that position? Like, why would I want to disservice other students in the future? You know what I mean? And so how to encourage or help encourage more black students, hire more teachers that look like us, hire more teachers that are that are going to you know, do, do us, do us by good. I don't know the word right now, <laughs> but <laughs> do us good. You know I, think, I, mean? I think what you're saying in short is representation matters. And in right. order to believe you can achieve it or you can do it, you have to see an example. And if right. the, you don't see the example, getting more folks into that field um, is, is going to be a huge lift, right? Um, Mariah, were you going to answer? Do you have an answer for uh, that question? Representation, you know, and teachers who are also knowledgeable and mm. feel comfortable teaching black students right. Qualified. Qualified. Well, you encourage more black students to enter the teaching field? I want to be a teacher if I'm going to have to be, <laughs> you don't want to be in this position. <laughs> if I'm going to be put in this position where all my coworkers are like against me. Yeah. Oh. That's wow. Okay. Uh, Melissa, did you have an answer for the question? How, how can they encourage more black students to enter the teaching field? Um, we need more black teachers right now because if they aren't, if the black students aren't empowered, they're not going to want to, they're not going to even think they can make a change mm. because no one's, no one's thinking about them. So how are they going to be able to think about even themselves or to think about their their future students if no one is thinking about them right now mm -hmm. can i say something else sorry you okay. absolutely, girl this is your, this your show i'm just here i'm just here <laughs> okay. With okay. so another thing another problem you know start start putting black students on the same pedestal that you give you put on white students you cannot you cannot want black students to achieve great things if you're not going to teach them the same way and treat them the same way you're mm -hmm. going to treat your white students so if you're discouraged you're discouraging black students to be in honors and higher level classes what do you think you know what's the outcome of that 
You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so encourage te- you encourage black students to be in higher level courses and to be involved in school things. Don't discourage them because we 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 need you know it's college is competitive. Like we need to be in higher level courses, and we're all fully capable of doing it. Just like the white students at our schools. So that's another thing. <laughs> but yeah. Well, we'll get into that. We're gonna get into that. Maybe not this episode, but uh, yeah. episode soon. <laughs> Um, what I would say uh, to that question is, one, you have to have a desire to want to hire Black people in the first place. Um, right. We all know that the teaching field is, what, I think it's 83% white, uh, majority uh, female, white female. Right. Um, and, you know, I've been to different districts and they say, well, there's just not a huge applicant pool. And I said, right. uh, there are whole teaching programs at HBCUs. Go visit one. And it's like, where are you looking? Who are you trying to hire? Because they're they're trying to get the specific type of black teacher. They're not right. trying to get the ones that come in like me. <laughs> they won't get somebody right. else. Um, so we have to be clear, you know, when we say hire more teachers, they know they can hire more teachers. They just want a certain type of teacher that will continue right. this foolishness that they have been with our children for so long. And, and it's time to put a stop to that. Did you say 89% white, mostly middle class? Yeah, man, I I wouldn't doubt it. So, you know, I just kind of want to segue there when we're talking about the teaching staff and what they are currently doing. Uh, It's Black History Month. Uh, We've been seeing, we've been getting emailed posts. We've been getting tagged in posts. And so we just want to get y'all's reactions on a couple of these. Um, So Jada, do you have those posts up that, that we can look at really quickly? Um, there were some from the some local area folks. Um, there was some, what'd you say? Um, just pick one. It doesn't matter which one. And then I can probably say a little bit something about it. Because we want you guys to have eyes on what is exactly going on on these campuses and why our children are continuing to be frustrated. Um, I believe COVID was a huge blessing because it gave our children a reprieve Um, from some of the ways in which they were being treated on these campuses. Um, And so they've gotten a chance to kind of get their bearings. And now folks are talking about reopening schools. Um, I'm sorry, I am not okay with reopening schools without new policies in place that protect the kids who look like me. Um, But, you know, that's a whole nother story. Um, Do you have those posts, Jada? It's not responding. Okay. Well, um, I'll just read. I'll just read them because that's better than nothing. Until we can get this technology thing, that's the whole thing with technology. Um, sometimes things don't go as planned, and we keep it moving. So this one says, um, a teacher assigned a game for her class where they had to pretend to be colonizers and take over Africa. I'm in a BSU meeting and a student is expressing her anger about it. Y'all got some thoughts on the game to colonize Africa during Black History Month? Tone deaf or nah? Ooh. Who's first? Who's first? Who wants to talk on it? Ooh. Are y'all speechless? <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just like, really? You really did that during, uh-oh. What do you think? Trinity, what do you think? I'm not surprised. Mm. Like, I'm not surprised by any means. Like, I I don't know what else to say besides that. That's embarrassing, for one, but I'm not surprised that, you know, a teacher thought that that was okay. To mm. pretend to be colonizers, like, wow. Like, that's crazy. I, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just wanted to say, I think that's really odd that, first of all, I guess when this teacher first thought Black history, let's throw slavery and colonizers, like, right, right. up, you know, like, she's, and I feel like she's kind of, like, diminishing or, like, lowering the value of Black History Month, because, first of all, the fact that, this is going to sound very wrong, but she didn't make it about the slaves, she made it about the colonizers and them taking in slaves, um, not the other way around. So it's still really one-sided. It's still really um, white history um, in mm, Black history. So I think even though the whole thing um, is really messed up, if you kind of look under it, she's the the teacher. I don't know the gender or anything. Is really it's a dim- woman. And it's at Natomas High. I'm sorry, Endercombe High School. 
that's that's where this lesson came from during Black History Month. That's not okay. They better get their damn teachers. They better right. Y'all better y'all better get your teachers because this is not okay. Nothing nothing about this is okay. Um, The next one that I I saw online it says if Black children ever feel shame or embarrassment learning Black history in school, it's because it's not discussed in the correct context. Thoughts? Because I just heard you say it was it's embarrassing. Would you agree with that? With this? Uh, I think what the teacher did was embarrassing. Um, and I think if I was in the classroom while that was happening, I would be enraged, but I don't think I would be embarrassed. Mm. Melissa? Yeah, I would definitely be angry. And like, how do you have the audacity to to say something like that, to put me in that situation? Like, I don't, I wouldn't understand that. And I would be very upset and angry, but embarrassed, no, because that's not my mistake. They made that mistake. Y'all, I'm calling Miss Maureen. Like, and I'm not doing the assignment. Like, no, sorry. Like, why? For what? That's, crazy. That's, that's ridiculous. Um, another post that we got uh, that got texted. Um, another student just said her history of America class had the students create an IG from the point of a slave or owner and post. Hold on, let me. I hear an echo. Hold on, real quick. Uh, so create an IG page from the post of a slave or owner and post what it's like to be in those positions and create hashtags. Thoughts? The audacity of some of these teachers. This is what y'all learning during Black History Month? This is curriculum? This is what we learned the whole year. Actually, our whole educational career, not just Black History Month. Literally. Slavery and civil rights. Yeah. And not even like not about like our accomplishments, you know, what we've done to help the world, America, whatever. I like how everyone just goes straight to slavery. We used to own you. You know, that's that's what we're throwing at you. And I think that that's embarrassing for them because we're more than that. And I think they're trying to like restrict what we're learning about ourselves and saying this is where we used to be. And that's all we're going to teach you because that's all you need to know. You don't need to know about the great things you've done, the accomplish the accomplishments you've made. Um, and I think that's really that they need to change that in their curriculum or just in general, because that's not curriculum. Black History Month is not curriculum. Um, but I think that they need to put more stuff out there forward in our faces that are positive and not always Black History Month slavery. I don't think those two things should always be associated with each other. Okay. Mariah, you're shaking your head. I just agree, agree, you know, like Black History Month isn't synonymous with being, you know, to demean students to have these negative portrayals specifically as what we're learning in school. Like we learn about that every single day, U.S. history. That's all we talk about is slavery. Negative, like to constantly, to want to make Black students comfortable in classes, you can't do that if I, I used to own you. I used to have you doing back-breaking labor, but hey, you're comfortable in this class, right? You still want to volunteer. You still want to be an on-campus leader. You still want to talk. Mm-hmm. And like, well, I mean, I think I would take that a step further, uh, and I still treat you that way because you are yeah. beneath me, and I see yeah. you as not capable of learning like the other children, so I'm not going to give you an opportunity to take honors classes to take IB classes because I see you from a certain lens and that's where that stems from, right? And so when we're talking about their connection to slavery, maybe that's all they've learned, right? But it's not your responsibility as children to feed their ego because that to me is a bunch of ego making me do an assignment that subjugates Mm -hmm. me and my people, right? right? Mm -hmm. And so we have to be clear, you know, about these type of things. I would hope that you all would contact your parents and make sure it's okay to contact me. Um, if you ever see anything like this, 
because wow. I think that it's egregious. I think that it's tone deaf. I think that they, we are the only people that they do this to because there yeah. are a whole lot of other people who have been subjugated through history, but for some, some odd reason, you never learn about that. You just continue to learn about how vicious they were to black people. And you really actually don't even learn the viciousness of it right. because it whitewashes so much. And they tell you that we migrated or <laughs> that we did something crazy when they know that we were stolen. But that's a whole nother conversation. First of all, what were they trying to get out of that activity? What I, I want to understand why, why are you asking this question? Why are you making it, trying to normalize it? And like you were saying, they don't even talk about the viciousness. They don't talk to talk about the depth of slavery, exactly what happened to our women and what happened when they were bringing us over here. They don't talk about that. And so trying to, to normalize it, like, well, it is black history. That's only one part of black history. And you're trying to make it normalize it and talking about it like it's white history, trying to change it and trying to, like you said, whitewash it. So, and I just want to understand why they made that an assignment, made it like that, tried to turn, make people turn into Instagram accounts and trying to make it like it was fun. No, it is not that this is torture that my ancestors went through and you're trying to normalize it. That's not okay. Mm. Mariah. Yeah, that's it. Like what, like you said, like, what are you trying to get from us out of that type of assignment? Like, is, is there a What's right a passing grade? Like, I want to know what a passing grade is. <laughs> like, what are you yeah. trying to get out of? Is there a correct answer you want out of me right now? Right. And I think that just goes into like, you know, whitewashing what our words and our emotions of trying to still do good in the honors or ID or whatever type of class that's considered higher learning. Like, mm -hmm. that's just. All right, I got I got a whole I got two more that I want to read to y'all. This one says uh, this was a kindergartner's lesson this week. Uh, it looks it looks like a picture of a cartoon um, Abraham Lincoln, and it says free on his little uh, sign. It says free the slaves with an exclamation point, and then it says at the bottom. I guess this is a reading activity. Uh, with dots under the words, he helped free all the slaves. Absolutely not. Oh, <laughs> for <laughs> no, how do you we how do you how do you free how do you how do you get credit for freeing people that you enslaved? Why do you get credit for that? Why do you get credit for 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 stealing people and oppressing them for years on years? Why do you get credit for why do we give him credit? Why do we glorify who he is as a person? He didn't want to free the slaves. Well, because they told us in our history class that he freed the slaves, but uh, didn't he uh, really just try to make a compromise? Right. Right. Because it's didn't crazy. he have a, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't know what. <laughs> oof. I didn't know what. This is like embarrassing. Taught so young. That's crazy. Why? Why you say it's embarrassing? Tell me again. Hold on, Melissa, what you saying? I see your mouth moving. What you say? She was saying, how are you going to teach them that he freed the slaves so early? I was like, yeah, how, first, you're not even going to, how are you going to, they're kindergartners. They should be learning about their colors and their letters. And if you want to teach them about that, you need to talk about the whole history. You can't say, oh, he freed the slaves because one, that's not true. And two, they, they need to understand more than just he freed the slaves because that's not true. It's not mm, I like that Zinni. I like it. Yes, he was transact a transactional president, not a transformational president. Yeah, I would agree. And I think that um, there are always figures in history that they prop up because they make them feel a certain way. Um, because right. you know, there are some people who just want to be the hero in the story. Yeah. They don't like the fact that they were actually villains, but we'll right. go into that later. Last one that I'll read to you guys, it says, another assignment, fight for slavery or against slavery and argue with your classmates on whether slavery should have been a thing. And then in that class, a student said, black people are animals. Thoughts? Huh? Oh no. <laughs> oh no, that is oh, oh 
Um, do you know what um, what age group, what grade this? This is a high is school in? high school assignment. I'm just um, shocked at the aspect that there was supposed to be a pro slavery side in the. It, uh, huh? It's 2021. Like, Ooh, come on now. That's. I y'all like I can't even come like to terms with words that I want to say about that. It's just like that hurts. Like to be honest, like that hurts that that's even a question. Mm. And it's Black History Month. Right. Ridiculous. Uh, this question, is there a way to empower parents to help with this issue? We want the change, but don't know how to push for proper implementation. Absolutely. Um, so on, give me one quick second. Let me answer this really quickly. Um, the best way to empower parents is for parents to link up. We have several support networks here. Uh, we have the Black Parent Support Network. We have Bassin, which is a Allies to Abolitionist Support Network here at BYLP. And I'm doing a parent conversation, a community conversation on Wednesday at, what time is that, 6.30? Wednesday at 6.30. So if you want to know how you can get more involved and to put yourself between these children and these crazy assignments, um, I say reach out to us. Um, you can get all the information on our website. Uh, if you want to talk after this show, we will make sure you have the phone number to do that. Um, but it's time out for complacency and it's time out waiting for Superman because Superman ain't coming. Like I said on the news, Superman's not coming. So what are we going to do uh, for ourselves? Uh, BYLP is just a small part of it. Um, but we need more folks, you know, who are ready to just hit the pa pavement running. So Mariah, what did you want to say? I think for parents, it's, it really like helps when they actually believe their children. I remember you hey. said one of our other meetings. Like, you know, teachers have already, like, that time, like you were saying, like, that time from students coming home, teachers have already made a call. So parents are already getting that, like, pre-notion, like, you're already in the wrong. Like, you already did something bad for the teacher. For you to have been embarrassed that your parent enough that your teacher calls home. That's embarrassing. That. <laughs> like, I always like, say that. My I'm mom. <laughs> like, <laughs> even my mom. I'm like, hey, like, you know, like, okay. Like, I'm right. not out here embarrassing you, so like, don't just don't believe my teacher automatically. That's yeah, teachers automatically they want to have a reason to get us in trouble, they want to have a reason for us to be out of class and for us to automatically be in the wrong. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, you know, and that's that's one of the things um, that I always talk about. We have to believe our children. I don't know any child that would come home and tell you someone is doing something to them and be lying about it. Mm -hmm. um, there are some things kids lie about, like taking a piece of candy, um, <laughs> you know, the dog ate my homework, but them <laughs> telling you that a, an adult is treating them in a specific way, children rarely lie about that. So parents, please believe your children. I agree 100%, Mariah. Um, what you will find is an advocate like me. I tell them straight up, I believe the child. So you're going to have to prove to me something different, right? right. Um, because I think that too many times we go in and like you said, Mariah, we, we, we're just, you know, we, we, we mad at y'all because y'all done went out the house and embarrassed us. It's like, yeah. that's the time you better than this. You out at the school acting a fool. You know what I mean? Yeah. I already know. I'm a mama, right? <laughs> so I'm just like, how did that happen? But then as I begin to go onto your campuses and meet these kids, and I'm like, I remember one student, I asked him, I said, yo, are you sure you didn't do what they said you did? And he said, I'm 100% sure. I said, sit back. I got it. So it it changed my, my, my mentality of how I run into these meetings when I begin to start to talk to these kids and I could see it in their face that they are so used to adults not listening or believing them. So thank yeah. you for bringing that up. That's a really, really important um, conversation or a, a point, really. So if you all have any questions for our, our young folks um, that are on the panel, if you want to just ask them some questions, we have about 15 minutes to go. Um, and we want to make sure that um, you get out of them what you want to and that they're able to express themselves um, as, as quickly as possible. Someone said, uh, yes, Mariah, I see you. <laughs> and <laughs> Mariah, that is okay. And then let's see, question 
and listen. Yes, question and listen to the students conveying concerns of their treatment in school, ask questions. Why is it important to ask questions? Why is it important that they ask questions? Because it makes parents? us feel more comfortable to talk to them. It feels makes us feel like we're being supported and we have a reliable source to talk to that's gonna help defend us. Okay. Yeah. Melissa, you agree? If you don't ask questions, you're not gonna get answers. You're not gonna understand oh. what's happening if you don't ask. And ask T. Okay. Also, <laughs> I, <laughs> I know sometimes for me when I talk to my parents, because they're so big and scary and can do all these things. Right. Um, I'll disregard some things, but then my parents, they'll ask me questions and they'll catch on to other things and they'll say, oh, nope, that's a problem. We're going to school. We're doing something about it right now. Mm -hmm. um, so it's definitely important to um, not just get the teacher and the student or your um, child, but also talk to the child and ask them, go more in depth, because a lot of times they'll disregard things or put, push things to the side that um, are actually really important. So asking questions is definitely important. Yeah, I would say um, ask questions because sometimes your kids could be afraid of you, like, and they don't want to get in trouble. So maybe like they responded in a certain type of way or a certain tone or something, and they don't want to see be like, you know. Yeah, that's pretty self-explanatory. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> when a teacher embarrasses them in the classroom. <laughs> okay, so let let me just say this really quickly. Um, a lot of times teachers do embarrass your children in the classroom and it's always their reaction that is going to get them in trouble. Right. Believe your children, ask them what happened, what was said to you or what happened to you before you made whatever action it is that they're saying you made. Because what you will find out is a lot of times our children are in these classrooms and they're First of all, educational system is, is a hostile environment for our children. Let's be clear about that. And so by the time they actually react, so much has built up that they can't they can no longer hold it in. And what we're doing is we're ex we're expecting children to be able to reason like adults would. And that is an unfair expectation of young people. So if they embarrass your kid in the class, match that energy. I'm coming to your school and I'm going to ask you why you did what you did. And then I'm going to be really harsh with my language. So therefore, next time, you know better. That's how that works. Um, and that's just how I am. I can't say that everybody's like that. Um, that's why they call me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. We got some more comments. Um, go to Aaron's. I'm trying to go through my son's first grade social study book right now, and I'm not seeing much black history represented. Are you guys uh, confused by that or yeah. you know, to be accepted? That's intentional. It's that, intentional. Exactly. That's intentional. First grade. Hmm. I'm a I'm a 11th grader. There's no black history in my textbook either. Wow. Exactly. What? Oh, wait. 11th grade, that's like, that's American history. So you have like the civil rights movement, all that type of stuff. I mean, that's the only black history I got 11th grade, but yeah, that's surprising. That's the only black history you get is slavery and civil rights. What would you like to see? If you could implement, cause we got like 12 minutes and we want to start, you know, wrap, winding this conversation down. Um, and Trinity don't went off the camera. So I want to see black educators. I want to see black, you know, philanthropists. I want to see like innovators. I want to see positive portrayals, something that's inspiring, something like, like, you know, even something like viewing Madam CJ Walker. I want to see a black millionaire. <laughs> I want to see a black person put in a position to have money, to have spending, to create wealth. I want to see more, you know. All right, Melissa. What about you? What what do you, what do you want to see during Black History Month? I definitely want to talk about Black Wall Street and and all of us being successful. And if they want to talk about slavery, because that seems that's the only thing that they know. If they want to talk about that, then they need to talk about it and not surface level. They need to talk about what really happened, the root of it, why it happened, and they need to not 
try and skip over it. If they want to talk about it, then they really need to talk about it. It's going to make people uncomfortable, but black kids are uncomfortable every single day. Mm. So if, if we're going to yeah. do it, then you need to do it right. Yeah, I also think that um, Black History, they should talk about um, the struggles that we had, because I think personally, a lot of people, when they think of like, um, like, why we aren't super successful in business and all these types of things, they think, oh, it's because, you know, well, they're Black and they're not as educated or things like that. But I think they should teach where we're in a system that's not there to educate us, to give us like all these resources and things like that. Um, So like put in our textbooks about our struggles why we haven't gotten here yet you know why we're not doing all these things the same levels as um white people are other people of color are um you know so people understand we're not just sitting here there's actually things happening did you said what'd you say other people of color what other people of color and what color are they are we creola what other people are you talking about because Uh, if i'm not mistaken uh, it was a person of so-called color that did that African colonizers ex- little uh, oh. assignment. So we're oh. not going to use people of color anymore. We are going to be specific with our language and be direct with who we're talking about. So who are you talking about when you say other people of color? Who are you specifically talking about? I'm talking about um, Hispanic people. I'm talking about just literally anyone who is not african-american what is in that? our community um girl that's a whole nother conversation i'm like <laughs> i'm like i'm confused what are we talking about yeah so you know we just have to be clear with our language because i think that what we've been conditioned to do is to talk about our issues in the context of a group of people so when we mm-hmm. say black and brown well I'm sorry, black brown kids are not going through the same things black kids are going through. And if they have their struggle, then that's for their advocates to address. However, when we're trying to get things solved on this end, we have to be specific about the language that we're using because they'll continue to lump you in and do a one size fix all when you have a specific problem that needs to be addressed. So that's what I would say to you as young folks, be specific with your language when you're trying to get something accomplished. Do not lump other people in because best believe you are not lumped in with them. So yeah. be clear about that. Um, and then I think I saw a comment said something about, um, here it is. You have a voice, it's your time, be respectful, but speak your truth. And I would say that there's, there's part of it that I agree with. Um, I feel like I'm always respectful. Um, however, um, sometimes with, with disrespectful people, you got to match that energy. And so I'm not going to sit up here and tell you that somebody's going to get disrespectful for me and I'm going to kowtow and say, oh, oh, but you know, we're going to be respectful. Nah, we don't play that way no more. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have yes. <laughs> you know, we, we were in one of the sec meetings, this is a different conversation, but I'm going to just brush up on it. So y'all know what y'all in tune for. Um, we were in a chef meeting, and we were talking, one of my other, you know, one of the other students in the meeting said, you know, I just want to be treated with the same respect as other uh, white kids in my IB classes. My oh. principal of my high school said, define what respect is. Should we help? Should we help him? <laughs> I want to be treated as a human being. Right. I want Define to be treated like, like, <laughs> like that dude, Dylan Roof, who killed people and still got damn Burger King. I want to be right. treated like that. I want to be handled right. with kids gloves because I am a child. How about that? Right. But I already told you, I don't like your principles. So it's crazy because he literally, he asked me to define empathy. Like, you should have told him Google is your friend. You define it. No, you don't right. tell him because you're a child. You should have called me. Like, you need to define empathy. <laughs> and, and in what context was that, define empathy? What was the context? Same, same conversation Trinity's talking about when we were trying to tell him how we want to have, you know, basically, like, equitable circumstances on our campus. And and he, and he, it, it was intentional, like, I don't know, that's a, I don't know, it's a different, it's, I could, that's a whole nother conversation, but I, it's, <laughs> 
ridiculous. <laughs> like, I just can't even wrap my head. It's been four months, and I still think about it. Like, what was your, like, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know, because I, I think you called me about it, and I, I don't know right. what the conversation was. I think I asked you to uh, set up a meeting with him and that I would come. But then I happened to be on uh, one of the meetings in the district, and he said that he was the new principal. Now, mind you, he came from a junior high school, and we had already went head up over a black boy that he tried to over uh, penalize uh, for the same uh, infraction that he let everybody else get away with. Um, and so I think that a lot of times they continue to recycle the same bad administrators and put them in different places and you continue to have the same problems because nobody is addressing the root cause. The root cause right. is there's some bias somewhere in him that tells him that it's okay to treat black children the way that he does and to dismiss the way that they feel. And so I look forward to having that conversation with him, um, you know, and we'll probably uh, reach out by letter and uh, see if we can't uh, get that on the books because I believe that again, you're recycling the same bad people, putting them mm -hmm. over you know, another group of students when they already demonstrated they couldn't handle the group of students that they had. So he went from junior high to a high school. So I think that right. that's problematic. But again, that's another conversation for another day. Um, exactly, that's the It looks like, I'm sorry, say that one more time. I was saying that that whole conversation deserves its own segment, two part, <laughs> ten part episode. Ten part, gee whiz. A whole season. That's a whole season. That's a whole. Right. We'll, we'll get the combat. We'll get that whole thing scheduled out, and we'll make sure we come back and have that conversation. Um, so you know, we have about three minutes left. About three minutes and thirty seconds. Um, I want to just ask the people to do me a couple of favors. One, um, if you have any ideas of topics you would like us to cover, please go ahead. You can put them in the chat or you can email us um, at info at BYLP.org. Um, or uh, you can hit us on any of our social medias, Black Youth Leadership Project uh, at BYLP on IG, um, BYLP in SAC on Twitter. Um, number two, um, it's going to be our responsibility to rally around these young ladies who bravely spoke up today and they're going to be my my sidekicks for the next however long we continue to do this conversation um and so i need these schools and the districts to hear us right now if in fact we ever find out that you are targeting these children in any type of way we will hold you accountable understand life it's it is going to happen um and we're serious about our children. We're serious about them having places and spaces where they can be authentically themselves and they can use their voices. Uh, we do not tone police. We do not tell them to be respectful. Um, they know to be respectful because they've been raised by, by mamas who know what's up. Um, again, I think that we have to be careful when we start to tone police our children because we, we kind of make them unsure about their confidence level and so we want to be mindful of that so as we wrap up ladies how did you think we did the first one how do you think we did is, is this something y'all can keep going with yeah. what do you think? Yeah. yeah i love our conversations and i love the voices the <laughs> it, it was great energy i think so i think so so are y'all thinking about the next week's topic any any ideas come to mind like, well, look at y'all. Uh, so what is it? No, district meeting. Can we talk about the district, uh, the district election for the board? Oh, the special election in Elk Grove Unified. Yeah, yeah, we Especially can do that. that in, in particularly? Yeah, and I think that uh, we're going to also, one of these times, we're going to uh, talk about um, leadership and how attitude reflects leadership on these campuses. So we're going to focus on some principles, some problematic principles. Um, I got mm. some stuff coming, uh, some stuff that I need us to put some eyes on. So we're going to do that too. It's going to be fun. I think, yeah, I think another conversation that's less important to have in like this air in this space is why race, why race is everything. Um, mm. Because that ties into a whole bunch of different things. And I think a lot of times when you're in this, when you're advocating for yourself and for black people, they're like races and everything, but it is. So yeah, I think that's a good Make conversation. Make sure you write that down and you, and you keep a keep a note of that because we're gonna go through all these topics. If you have any more, 
Um, the, any more suggestions, just be writing them down. We'll come back around uh, when we need to. Um, the only last thing I will say is next time uh, we will have an opportunity for folks who are watching, young folks who are watching, who want to become part of the conversation. We're going to shoot them the link and put them on the stage uh, and let their voices be heard too. So um, who wants to say goodbye to everybody? Who, who wants to do it? Trinity? We should all do it. Okay, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> all right, how you want to do it? How are we going to say bye? Right. Okay, on three. On three? One. Okay, one, two, three. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> that was good.